going on? It's Coach Johnny B. Welcome back to the Performance Plus Podcast. I'm joined by Dr. Zach Long today. Zach, how are you? Doing great, man. How's life in Atlanta? Life in Atlanta is wonderful. I'm actually, uh, my wife and I just bought a house, a new house recently, and we're like in the process of packing and moving. So uh, I'm like in a, a room that's kind of like completely empty besides me sitting here podcasting. So it's kind of weird, but exciting. Sweet. Yeah. What a- Congratulations. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. We're, we're stoked. So it's been a long time coming, but we're getting there. Uh, how about you? How's North Carolina? How's life? North Carolina's great. Dealing with the fun of the cut right now. So my gymnastics work feels amazing. The barbell work, not so much. So I did some deadlifts and muscle ups yesterday. Those deadlifts were harder than deadlifts have been in a long time. Muscle ups felt beautiful. So can't wait to start putting some calories back in though. Uh, what's the occasion for the cut? Are you going to be a physique model? Uh, little, little extra COVID, uh, keeping the, the local breweries afloat. So <laughs> help them out a little bit too much. And uh, yeah, I was just in need of a little bit of a, uh, a fix for that. <laughs> what did you, what did you use for it? Did you do an RP? Uh, no. So my friend, Billy Glowacki, he's a, uh, runs a company called Unchained Diet up in Michigan. So. That's what we're running through right now. It's been, uh, it's not been terrible so far. We just dropped the calories 500 per week or excuse me, per day and opt to two extra 30 minute cardio sessions. So not horrible yet. Hopefully, um, hopefully we don't have to go a ton further than this, but like we're tracking every week, weight and waste. And I'm pretty sure that in about three or four more weeks, there's going to be another good cut and another up in cardio, which that one's going to be really tough. Oh my God. How many calories are you eating right now? 2350. Okay. So, okay. so you're not starving. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, lots have of you carbs, cut out? Though. Really? So, okay. Yeah. But so fats, a lot more calories per, uh, per gram. So you up your carbs, you can eat more volume of carbs compared to fat. And that way I have more food in my belly, but less overall calories. So, so what's your go-to? Like, Rice cakes? Oh, tater tots. Dude, okay. Tater tots. Tater tots. <laughs> yeah. This is. I like a little kid, man. I love tater tots. I have tater tots with my breakfast and dinner. I, I, I'm at, is there a lot of bang energy drink and tater tots in your diet right now? I feel like. <laughs> I don't have bang energy drinks except for when I teach and I need like extra go juice. But usually it's just one coffee a okay, day for cool. me. Uh, that's a, that's, you're the first person I've ever heard that has tater tots on their restrictive cut diet. That's pretty impressive. I feel like uh, you could make a plan out of that and sell it. That would be awesome. If there's, a, there's a brand that I buy. I don't know what the brand is, but the calories per serving is very low. Throw it in the air fryer so you're not you know, getting anything extra on it. And it's pretty good. That sounds awesome. I got to talk to your buddy in Michigan, man. That sounds great. Uh, eat tater tots and get shredded. Uh, speaking of speaking of food, uh, what is your go-to cheat meal? I'm not a big sweet person, actually. So I, I love I love bourbon. So I guess if, if there's something that I'm going to cheat on, it's just going to be having okay. bourbon. I'm a chips, salsa, and beer. Like if I'm cutting or trying to be good, those three things will ruin me every single time. Uh, specific bourbon flavor that you go for? Mm, my, my usual is probably going to be bullet. Um, yeah, bullet's probably my, my usual that I'm going to have more than anything else. I'm not into the fancy stuff. Um, 
I don't need to go buy like a $150 bottle. Like real cheap stuff. I had a guy yesterday try and convince me that you could blind taste test Evan Williams against any other bourbon out there and that you would be hard pressed to find somebody that liked the other bourbon better, like the more expensive bourbon. So, uh, when I've done some blind taste tests, I've regularly been more of a fan of the cheap stuff than the expensive stuff, which is kind of nice. Cause you can go down some serious rabbit holes. You can, you really, really can. It's been a lot of money. So, uh, well, bourbon's not going to help you with the topic today. Uh, we're talking about diagnosing squat weakness, um, and everything around that. So let's start with, uh, what are some common problems that you see that are indications of squat weakness? So I'd say the, the one that I probably see more than anything, um, is the good morning squat fault. So I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are familiar with the good morning exercise. So it is a hip hinge movement. Essentially, we have a bar on our back and we do a hip hinge. And that's just a really good exercise for strengthening the low back, the glutes, the hamstrings. When we say good morning squat fault, what we see is somebody squats down and their their torso kind of stays fairly upright on the way down. But the first thing they do out of the bottom of the squat is they really quickly shoot their hips up and back. And so their chest will go from being upright to facing the ground. And when we see that good morning squat fault, we're typically thinking that somebody with weak quads relative to their hips and low back. So they're essentially moving from a squat position to more of a hinge position, which is the body's way of moving the load towards where they're stronger, which in that athlete's case is the posterior chain. So when we see that, we need to get quads stronger usually. Um, the next thing I commonly see is kind of a weak low back squat. And this is very, very hard to differentiate between the two. Like it kind of, even when I see it, like I have to look at the video three or four times to be like, is that really what I'm seeing? And what we'll see is somebody comes down, they're fast out of the bottom of the hole, but as they hit their sticking point, then their hips start to rise further. Essentially their back strength can't keep up with the legs. They look very similar. The key difference is where that fault kind of kicks in. Does it happen immediately out of the hole or as they get up a little bit higher and hit their sticking point? That person will also have uh, uh, the person that has a weak back relative to their legs will typically see their deadlift kind of suck in relationship to their legs. So we talked a couple episodes back about your back squat versus deadlift and your back squat is higher than your deadlift when most people's back squat is going to be about 20% lower than their deadlift. So you're probably somebody that when you hit your sticking point in the squat, you tend to shoot your hips up a little higher, back loses positioning a little bit. Do you see that with yours? Uh, yeah. And I see some side to side asymmetry too. Like I shoot it back and then I kind of want to shift to the right a little bit. Um, looking, looking for some strength, uh, on a side. So, um, but yeah, it's a, I'm so, a common offender that way. So good morning squat is weak quads later kind of hips continuing to shoot up is weak low back. Then the, the other thing is uh, weak glutes. Or relatively weak glutes. Um, and so this one's a little bit harder to diagnose, but basically when somebody squats, they're coming up as they kind of hit their sticking point, you'll see them reshoot their knees forward. And that's to kind of try to get another little stretch reflex on their quads to help accelerate the bar upward. Now, not everybody's necessarily going to have one of these as kind of their rate limiting factor in the squat. But if you see one of those, it should kind of bias you more towards where maybe you want to put a little bit of accessory work in your training to try to catch that weak spot up. 
what about getting people that get stuck at the bottom or uh, get stuck like right at parallel where like they've come out of the hole and they're not able to keep going? Is that uh, just like, hey, you need to do some more accessory work or is that there are some underlying causes there? Yes. So that's the the bottom position of the squat is going to challenge a couple of things a little bit more. It's going to challenge your quads, adductors and glutes a lot more than like nobody misses at the lockout because the higher up you get, the more mechanically, the more of a mechanical advantage position you're in. So people are typically going to lose early in the squat somewhere between like the bottom and bottom half of the squat. To me, I don't really get a whole lot of information personally out of looking at where somebody breaks down in terms of the range of motion. It's what happens when they break down that tends to give me a little bit more uh, information. With, uh, like, let's say a good morning squat, um, is there any mobility limitations people should be looking for uh, to kind of that may be underlying cause, or is it pretty much just, hey, your quads are weak and you're trying to shift to where you're strong. Yeah. With the good morning squad, it's typically just a purely strength-based thing. Now, let me make sure people understand this and differentiate between it. In a good morning squat, you're going to squat down with an upright torso, but then your hips shoot up and you end up really leaned forward. That is very different than somebody that just leans forward a ton in their squat, both on the way down and up. That is not a good morning squat. That is either just a very forward torso squat, like we see a bunch of power lifters do, Or sometimes that's a squat pattern that results when somebody has really poor ankle mobility. They can't drive their knees forward. So in order to squat down, they have to lean forward a lot to make up for those stiff ankles. Uh, What kind of accessory work? Uh, Let's say um, I have a good morning squat. Like, what, What are some favorite accessory exercises that people can look at and check out your Instagram to see? Probably say my two favorite to use, three favorite to use in this situation. Number one, cyclist squats. Cyclist squats are brutal. Um, actually, all three of these are brutal and kind of suck. But the cyclist squat, you get your heels elevated. So take like a 45-pound bumper plate. Toes are on the ground, heels up on the bumper plate. So it's like you're you're in high heels and you're doing a front squat. So basically, you keep your torso completely upright. Your knees drive really far forward. Really, really works the quads. Second would be like goblet squat one and a halves. So preferably with heels elevated as well. You squat all the way down, come up halfway, just to the point where you feel like if you go any higher, the tension on your quads is going to decrease, drop all the way back down, all the way up. Those suck. And then the third thing that I, that I prescribe quite a bit is Spanish squat. So it's a squat where we have a resistance band behind the knees. So that resistance band when you squat down in the bottom of the hole, you have kind of max tension on the quads. When you get to where you're almost completely upright, the tension on the quads really goes down. That's why the top of a squat's not as hard as the bottom of a squat. And so that resistance band behind the knees basically makes the quads continue to work as we stand all the way up. So it doesn't let the tension on the quads decrease at any point in the range of motion. And so it's that constant tension squat just burns like crazy. All three of those are great exercises, but they all really, really suck to do. Like they just quad burn. Miserable, like sadist day at the office. If you're doing uh, like a superset of Spanish squats and cyclist squats, like that's just brutal. Yeah, that's off. Yeah, I th- those movements combined would would be a, a really rough day yeah. in the gym. Uh, you ever done the workout Air Force? Yes, across yes. the quad. That is. Oh. You want to talk about a yeah. quad killer. I don't know why I just randomly thought about that, but oh, that workout is so bad. I've only done it twice. And I, last time I did it, I was crawling on the ground. I literally had to crawl to the trash can. 
Um, that's one of those workouts where I don't know who wrote that. That's not whatever. But like for a minute there, like everybody was like, oh, you got to do the Air Force workout. And I, I did it uh, with a Latvian Olympic swimmer and he did the whole thing in I think eight minutes or something. And, uh, literally didn't get off the ground for a while. Like his quads were like seizing afterwards. It was great. Yeah. I, I, I won't do it again until I actually forget what it's like. Let me say what it is for those that are listening. 20 thrusters at 95, 20 sumo deadlift high pulls, 20 push jerks, 20 overhead squats, 20 front squats. But at the top of each minute, you have to do four burpees. So the penalty part of it makes it way worse because you're going to hit that time where you know, like I should probably rest but if I rest, I'm not going to get the work done in this minute. And you push it a little bit further and it, it yeah, it goes bad. The whole thing on that workout is like, how fast are you going to do those thrusters at the beginning? And how well can you recover the rest of that workout? Like heart from a heart rate standpoint and to do everything else. And it's just, yeah, sprinting through squatted movements with a 95 pound barbell is so much fun. I think last time I did it, I did 20 thrusters minute one, the 20 sumo deadlifts high pulls minute two, 20 push jerks minute three, and then the wheels came off. And then it was two sets for everything else. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a fun work. I think I'm going to do that later today. Now that sounds like a great idea. I'm a huge fan of like just going with it. I'm going to let you guys know how it goes in the next podcast. It's been a long time since I've done that workout. Good flashbacks. That's a, that's a good workout. Um, uh, would that be good good rehab you need to make your quads stronger to fix your good morning squat just do the air force workout uh probably not that's going to be more quad endurance more so than than pushing maximal strength um let's talk about another problem we see quite a bit in in the gym setting and that's the valgus knee fault uh that is how often should we be looking at just general motor control awareness uh, of it versus, hey, you have something going on there, weak glutes or whatever? Um, yep. So valgus means like as somebody's squatting down, their knees come inside of their toes and it kind of stays in on the way down and the, the way up. And, and sometimes that creates some knee or hip issues. And so a lot of times we're going to cue individuals away from that. Um, the cue is typically things that make you activate your glutes more like drive your knees out, or we put a resistance band around somebody's knees and have them try to push their knees out into the band. So a lot of times when things like that work to improve the valgus positioning, then we are thinking like, yes, yeah, some glute accessory work, some, you know, monster walks, some, um, R and T split squats where that band's trying to pull the knee and things like that would be valuable for that athlete to do. But a lot of times I find that, that, that cue doesn't help certain individuals, especially when that happens because of ankle mobility issues. So if your ankles are stiff quite frequently, you won't have the ability to keep your knees driven forward and out as you descend down into the squat. So if I cue somebody, drive your knees out when we see that valgus fault and it doesn't improve, then I'll do some testing of their ankle mobility and see if it's more of an ankle issue. But usually one of those two things will clear it out. So let's if you're a coach in a gym and you run into one of these problems, uh, one, what's your triage? Like, let's say somebody's good morning squatting during a five by five of back squats at 80%. Um, how do you triage that? Uh, and then at what point do you just, I guess, 
not punt, but say like, hey, the, the, these are your at this point right now, we need to not load this. You need to be in the gym separately uh, working on these weaknesses. So I actually like when we find these breakdowns. Like I want to lift heavy enough at points in the year where we see where these technical faults show up. Because when we see the fault, we know what we can do to really push performance forward. So I want to see that good morning squat show up so that I can then say, all right, we saw things start to break down and you did that five rep max test. Now we know that for you twice a week, throwing some of those goblet squat one and a half in as a finisher after your wad would be a great way to push your performance further forward even faster. Um, really like when do we stop somebody from that sort of testing to me it's like when does it not pass the eye test like i want to find some of that breakdown but at what point does it just start to look ugly and like you know your stomach kind of turns a little bit when you see it that's when maybe we pull off of that movement and and um stop them from going any heavier up but we're still glad that we found where that stuff started to break down so we can do a better job with our programming in the future awesome uh let's correlate some programming or performance plus programs to uh some of these faults. If I have a good morning squat, the best program for me is we actually don't have one. So the best program for you, we don't have one that, that'll work for that. Um specifically. No. You got to do some extra quad work. No, everything else we do. So <laughs> let's say you think you're a bit more of a, a glute weakness, then you're gonna do bulletproof glutes. If you think you're more the back weakness, bulletproof back builder. Or if you're somebody going into like that valgus positioning and the cue to drive your knees out doesn't help when we're thinking it's more ankle mobility limited, then ankle mobility overhaul would be the program to look into. Oh, actually, you know what? We, we have the, the squat. Um, I always forget about this program. We have the um, squat, uh, the two day a week squat plan, squat cycle. It's a six week squat cycle that is very heavily biased towards quad loading. That would be a good one. Yep. I was going to say, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, even in the squat mobility overhaul, I know we're not talking about mobility at all right now, but there's a lot of these Spanish squats are involved at heels elevated squats. Um, so I, I think good example of how many programs we have there that the creators of it have forgotten what the programs are. We're, We've written so many programs. We don't know what our programs are anymore. Uh, I got one more fault for you and then uh, we'll be done. But if I'm a, uh, if I'm turtle shell guy, do you know this guy where you come out of the bottom of the squat and everything rounds forward? Is that another instance you thinking low back strength, uh, thoracic strength? Like what's your, what's your thought on that? So we're, we're talking about the butt wink. Uh, yeah. Like butt wink, but spinal is accompanying it. So like just yeah, everything's yep. going. Okay. Um, so that can be so many different things. A lot of times it could be ankle mobility. If you don't have good ankle mobility, you're then going to, have to rely more on your hip mobility for squat depth. And sometimes if you don't also have good hip mobility, that's going to result in your body saying, well, we don't know how to get there. And so it just rounds forward to get down there. So we start by checking out ankle and hip mobility. Um, and if mobility there is good, then we probably need to work on both motor control and just technique in the squat, as well as some back strength throughout the entire spine. That's fantastic. Any uh, anything else you want to add about squat weakness? Is there a common problem you see clinically a lot, and things that or pieces of advice you want to give people? No, those are the three three or four major faults that I see. And again, I, I like to get up even in the clinic in the physical therapy clinic. I like to have people squat heavy enough that we find that breakdown, 
And that is good because it then tells you what you need to do to really accelerate your performance. And when you find those breakdowns and you use a really well-written program or plan to attack those weaknesses, that's when things start to really, really accelerate. Like you might find that you're gaining, you know, five pounds on your squat every two months. But then if you identify the weakness and really attack it, you might find that over the next two months, instead of gaining five pounds, you throw 20 extra pounds on the bar. So get after those weaknesses. Don't let them hold you back. Uh, the old the the great saying of crossfit is we find weaknesses and then we uh, beat them to death as much as we can so i've got a weakness beat it to death uh well cool man thanks for all the the help with our weak squats uh if you guys out there uh have a weak squat um try to use some of these guidelines uh to help you fix it so again weak glutes check out bulletproof glutes um Weak quads, uh, the two day a week squat program is a great, great way to accessorize and, uh, build that up. Um, weak low back, use the bulletproof back builder program. And if you have crappy ankles, we have an ankle mobility program. And then we have another of other programs we probably forgot about that, you know, if there's another issue we're unaware of, we probably have a program for that too. Uh, make sure you follow Zach at the barbell physio on Instagram. Follow Performance Plus Programming on Instagram uh, and uh, DM him if you have any weird things that we've never seen before. Because I always feel like there's some flaw out there that like is just, you know, the white whale of all problems where I want to see it. So send us, send us your weird videos. Yes, yeah, send me a video. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye.